I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not proud about saying we're going to Benidorm. Oh, I am. (laughs) Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and talk about it track by track. And this week we're going back and forth and forth and back 10 years because on the turntable this week we've got Aphrodite by Kylie Minogue. Uh, And how many appearances on the podcast now is this for young Kylie? This is her third after we kicked things off, I think, with Fever and then we've done Light Years as well. Yes, and I know Aphrodite was next for us as one we really want to talk about. Uh, and luckily enough, there was an anniversary, uh, Dan, which was? Uh, so there's, there's no tenuous link at all this week, Well, It's 10 years ago today that this album was released. If you are listening on release day, which is Tuesday, there's something of something. But being completely honest, it was through our lockdown track-by-track tweet-alongs and through chatting to Steve Anderson, Kylie's long-term collaborator, and doing the live, the Aphrodite live tweet along with him that we realised we have to talk about this album and it's turning 10. So it's all really thanks to lockdown that we're doing this album this week. Uh, and also I did notice doing some research for this episode that Steve gets a bit of a remix in on one of the singles as well. Yes, he do, yeah, and I think he's done a few remixes for her, but he's done some writing with her, he does all the musical direction. I bet Steve gets a Christmas card from Kylie every year and I'm really quite jealous about that, even though he is absolutely lovely. And he uh, deserves it. And Steve, I'm sure you're listening. So hello. And it was hello, lovely Steve. to have you join us. I, I waved then. I don't know why. It's not, I did as well. <laughs> it's, it's, not, uh, it's not telly. Uh, we can dream. Uh, now, do I need to explain who Kylie Minogue is? Um, I think let's stick with the format. So I will anyway, even though I'm sure if you're listening, uh, you do know. So Kylie... Ki- are you talking to Kylie specifically there or just in general? Just in Just in general. Hi, Ki- Hi, Kylie. Hi, wave again. Hi, wave, wave. Uh, so Kylie Ann Minogue, uh, or Kylie, uh, she uh, managed to w- win that particular lawsuit, didn't she? She didn't let uh, Kylie Jenner take that away from her, thank God. Uh, rightfully so. That, that would have been an absolute travesty, not to get too angry at the start of the episode. So Kylie, uh, born on the 28th of May, 1968, uh, she's the highest selling female Australian artist ever. Uh, and she is um, an icon, a legend, a star, an ally, uh, a sister, a uh, a confidant, a friend, a lover, a dreamer, a doer. Well, we have got a lot to get in this episode. <laughs> Can you really wrap this part up, please? A singer, a writer, producer, actress... Uh, uh, and model, mm. uh, muse, designer, designer. She did some lovely sheets, didn't she? For um, I can't remember where they ended up, but I think I can't remember who they're for. But they definitely ended up in TK Maxx. Oh, do you know what else she is now as well? She's a winemaker. 
Kylie Wine has taken uh, the gay internet by storm. If just <laughs> if just that corner, uh, but you could swing a bottle of prosecco on uh, Twitter without seeing somebody post a picture of Kylie Wine uh, through May and early June. Uh, I haven't tasted any, but it looks like a delicious, uh, sweet, cheeky little rosé, which is a great way to talk about Kylie. That's lovely. Uh, So Kylie has had a long back catalogue behind her. She has released many, many albums, many films, singles, tours, uh, big tours, smaller tours, uh, tours as big as your head. Um, (laughs) But we're here today to hone in on after the success of our and fun of our Aphrodite um, Le Foles uh, tweet along. We're going to be talking about Aphrodite, the album today. And another thing I've got to actually be very honest about, and I did put this on Twitter after the tweet along, I hadn't listened to this album in full ahead of the tweet along. So it's only since uh, May this year that I've actually heard this album in full. And similar to what I said a couple of weeks ago with Scissor Sisters Nightwork, more fool me because this is an incredible album. It it really is. And it beggars belief the number of people involved in this album that are... Uh, writers producers and stars in their own right that we love and that we featured on track by track before and they've all just seemed to have uh, converged on this album this might be the most track by trackable album we've ever spoken about it's like track by track is eaten itself Mm. which you once tried to do didn't you dan by balancing (laughs) a wardrobe on your back but uh wasn't, wasn't successful i think you went to casualty didn't you Uh, Yes, but it was lovely to see the stars of the show. I've been a fan for a long time. (laughs) So Aphrodite is the 11th studio album from Kylie. Uh, As you said, released in 2010. uh, And there are many different collaborators. Uh, One of the overriding uh, threads is uh, Stuart Price uh, as kind of overall producer mastermind uh, for the album itself, even though there are some individual tracks that aren't produced by him. Yes, this is the first time that Kylie had used, because quite often she uses different collaborators, doesn't she, and different producers. This is the first time she had an executive producer overseeing the whole thing in Stuart. And I think she spoke very fondly about how um, how he managed to then just create it as one sort of one vision. And he spoke about how for him it was almost like creating a time capsule. Uh, and so everything should, there should be a similar sound running throughout it. And and do you know where the recommendation came from to Kylie to work with Stuart? Uh, Robbie Williams. No. Um, but good guess. No, not even not even a good guess. Will that's a terrible guess. Uh, Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'll give you a massive clue. We spoke about them two weeks ago. The Scissor Sisters. So yeah, so um, Jake Shears after he worked with them on Nightwork, he recommended them. So, shall we begin? Shall we get stuck in? Yes, Dan, let's do that. With side one, track one, this is All the Lovers.
all the lovers there and just an amazing euphoric way to start the album. She's not messing around on this album. She's straight in there. Definitely. And this, 10 years on, this is just an all-time Kylie fan favourite, isn't it? And not only as a song, but also as sort of the message that it's been given afterwards because this has become a bit of a, a pride anthem, hasn't it, for Kylie and her the lovers as the um, the fans now call themselves after this song. It is. It's, it is very much because it's all about inclusivity and the video speaks to that as well. And it's that just great mound of people all flapping about on each other. Hmm. About that time when I called around to yours without any warning to uh, pop in for a cup of tea and you had some friends over. Yes, it was the uh, local yacht club. Ah, uh, yes. I did think there was semen everywhere, but you wouldn't let me through the door anyway, so... Uh... Never mind. Thank you for bearing with us whilst we uh, mop down the poop deck. <laughs> um, so this song, um, there's some, okay, there's something I want to get out of the way about this song straight away from the off. It is a huge Kylie anthem. It is uh, a huge anthem in its own right. But this album is so, so, so strong. This isn't one of my favorite songs on the album. In fact, it's probably not in my top half favorite of the album. That's how good this album is. And that's fine. That's very, that's valid. You're owning that and you're also explaining yourself. So, so long as you own and explain, that's fine by me. Mm. This was a huge hit for Kylie as well. And it got to number three in the UK singles charts. And it was top 10 across most of Europe. Uh, And in the motherland, it was number 13 in the uh, Aria charts. And musically though... Um, Musically. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to do that one then. Um, What I do love about it, and I think this is one of those songs that really comes to life live, um, that sort of middle eight, that sparkling middle eight. And then you just know, you can just hear in the song the moment live when the confetti comes out, can't you? And we've been lucky enough to hear it live ourselves a couple of times. Um, Yeah, it's not, as I say, it's not one of my favorites on the album, but hearing it live, you can't deny that kind of, I've got the shivers up the spine now. Oh, I just got the same thing. Yeah. Thinking about uh, Glastonbury, the rainbow confetti from yeah. last year. That was, oh. it was it was such an incredible moment. And I know what you mean. It was just like the probably the most feel-good moment from Glastonbury last year. Definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, writing this one um, is Jim Elliott and Mima Stilwell. I don't think we've mentioned those on the podcast before, Will. Um, but they were the electronic piece Kish Morv, were you aware of their work, Will? Yes, I am familiar. I am familiar. So for anyone who doesn't know, they originally wrote and recorded the song Two Hearts, which was, of course, the lead single from the previous album, X. And then they went on to work with others, including Will Young uh, on the Echoes album and including the track Jealousy, which was, of course, one of his, well, was one of his best songs, isn't it, Will? And it feels like jealousy. Well, Pop Justice have stopped doing that thing now, haven't they? Where they sort of quoted his tweets and put in something that sounds like jealousy. If he, you had to be there, but it was really funny. Yeah, it was. It was fun at the time. It was yeah. fun at the time. Uh, also, there's a great remix by Fear of Tigers. Uh, if you're if you're familiar with Fear of Tigers, uh, they are a. Uh, I think it might be just one man. Um, brilliant dance producers remixes uh and they release a lot of original content really real high energy dance tracks uh but not in a gay way 
<laughs> I'm doing nothing wrong with that if it was. Um, they released a remix of All the Lovers or of uh, Jealousy. All, all the Lovers. All the Lovers. All the Lovers. And that's lovely. But just going back to the writers and lovely Jim and Mima. And also, I want to say that Jim worked with track by track favourites, Little Boots and Girls Aloud. And on Ellie Golding's Halison? Uh, Halison. Halcyon. Halcyon. I, I can't pronounce anything, can I? But they also, I mentioned before, they, they had their own work as Quiche Mauve. And if we're lucky, and not to put too many if we're luckies in, Will, because we've got a lot to get through. And I just said we've got a lot to get through. But this is such a great song that I've only just heard in, in researching this album. If we're lucky, perhaps we can hear a little bit of Lose Control by Quiche Mauve. If I'm even saying that right. You make me lose control. Uh, Keish Morv, Will. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I hadn't heard that track before, Dan. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's right up my street. I thought you would like it, but that's going straight onto your June 2020 playlist, isn't it? I've just added it on while we were listening to it, actually. I know you so well. Um, So that's great. Elaine Page and Barbara Dixon. I was thinking Peter Kay and Susan Boyle. (laughs) Not so similar, then. Uh, There's also a Fred Falk remix of this song, which is a lot more laid back, but really slick. Yes, and they did a great cover of Together in Electric Dreams as well. So that's them. They wrote this song. They wrote Two Hearts. And yeah, that's All the Lovers. Uh, question for you, Dan. Actually, speaking of All the Lovers. Oh, no. Uh, how many... Uh, no, I'm only joking. God. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be here till Christmas. How dare you? <laughs> Let's move on. I think it's the right time. Quite quickly to track number two now. This is Get Out of My Way. Well, I said it before, and I'll say it again, not to sound like Gillian McKeith, but Kylie does a fantastic number two. Oh, God, you've not been sniffing around her drains again, have you? No, this was single number two from the album. And if you think about on a night like this and in your eyes, this is up there with them. Uh, and also, yes, track, and also track two, single two as well, which is another thing we do like on an album. Yes. Um. Yeah, I did. This, this is just so anthemic. And once again, even though I said before, I said I hadn't heard the album in full, but I had heard all the singles. But this single passed me by as well. I was really quite late to the party with this, as in only really this year I started appreciating it. So Kylie, if you are listening, I'm so sorry. But that whole idea of the time capsule means that I'm kind of getting to enjoy 2010 right now in 2020. Will, what do you think to this song? Uh, I love it. Uh, it's, it's very breezy and feel good, isn't it? Um, get out of my way. It's a very empowering thing to chant over and over again. 
Uh, now, I have to say, this was... I just missed out on the top 10 in the UK when it was released. It got to number 12, uh, sadly. Uh, but it did a lot better than it did in Australia, which got to number 69. Oh, your favourite number. <laughs> and the video for this song as well. Not that it will interest many of our uh, listeners, but uh, there's a lot of half-naked men writhing around in water. Oh, yeah, not for them at all, but uh, I'm sure they'll appreciate the info. I've not seen any of the videos apart from All the Lovers. Well, we're just it's a different time, isn't it? Even 10 years ago, we weren't glued to the box, as in the music channel, uh, 10 hours a day. Yeah, quite right. Uh, we mentioned right at the start that this whole album, this whole project was a huge... Uh, lots of collaborations with track by track favorites and there's the writers of this song actually i think most of them are new to track by track so on this one we have lucas lucas sikon who has worked with pussycat dolls britney and christina uh, we've got damon sharp who has well this one's more your cup of tea will he's worked with a1 aaron carter and on the chicago soundtrack <laughs> and all that jazz uh, and we've got <laughs> Cutfather, who has worked uh, on Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. What a classic 90s tune. And also Jamelia's Superstar. And I have to say, actually, Will, we did get a request to do a Jamelia album on the podcast. What do you think? Uh, I think we should do it. I think we should do it with the album that has Superstar on. Yeah, definitely. Although Beware of the Dog was a banger, and that was on the next one. Oh, that's what we've got further listening for. Yeah, or and if we're lucky or two, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, we can flex the, flex the format to suit whatever we want to play. <laughs> um, you mentioned at the start, Will, that Steve Anderson's done some remix, and this is the song that he remixed, so I would definitely suggest. We won't do it if we're lucky right now, but ho- homework for yourselves. Listen to that remix because it's fantastic. Track number three now, and this is Put Your Hands Up If You Feel Love. Look around, I see a million different faces But no one's looking in my eyes It takes a minute when I'm in these different places to realise All we need is love in this life, it's true So put your hands up if you feel love there. A bit more uh, dancey, a bit a bit harder uh, as a dance track um, with some lovely electro pulses going through that. Uh, have you been reading my notes? No, how can <laughs> I? We're not even in this. For once, there's no physical way I could have done that. My notes say the top two notes or bullet points are pulsing beat and dance track. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you couldn't make it up, could you? Well, you no. could. I mean, not that, not that we're reading from a script, listeners, but I do like to... Otherwise, the, the song, if I don't make any notes, the song plays, and I just go, oh, I really like that one, and then that's it. Um, but it has got a pulsing beat. Also, do you think it's quite shimmery with some of the electronics? Would you agree with that as well? Mm, yeah. Um, and also, the thing that I love about this one is that the bridge goes on just for a little bit longer than expected and then and it's almost like teasing you for that huge chorus that comes in i love the banging beat that it kicks in with it kind of fades up with that beat yeah Uh, and this was a single wasn't it yes it was it was the fourth single from the album so didn't quite follow the uh the uh one two three but Mm. it was close definitely 
Um, uh, and there was a big remix for this, which kind of get a single four gave it a bit of a boost, a bit of a kick up the backside, because obviously singles through an album campaign are diminishing returns often. Yeah. Um, and there was a Pete Hammond remix. And I don't know if you've heard many Pete Hammond remixes, Dan, but he remixed, memorably for me, he remixed um, I Left My Heart in Tokyo uh, yeah. by Mini Viva, Boyfriend uh, by Alphabet, and made a real retro remix of the kind of PWL, Stock Aiken and Waterman ilk. I do like a retro remix. Uh, and so much so, I think it'll be nice to hear a little bit of his interpretation. So if we're lucky... Oh, I thought you wasn't going to say it then. I thought you wanted to say the magic words. Uh, if we're lucky, twice. Let's have a listen. So that was the Pete Hammond remix. So Stock Aiken and Waterman. Yeah, you're so right. It's so 80s. And obviously that's lovely because of Kylie's early work or her first uh, few releases with them as well. It's such a lovely nod back to them. Um, I love that. I hadn't heard that remix before, Will. I will be going to listen to that afterwards. Uh, who, Dan, who wrote this track? So this one was another new batch of uh, some track-by-track favourites on here, actually. So we've got Starsmith who most notably wrote Clean Bandit's Real Love, or co-wrote with them. Uh, also, someone else who worked on Ellie Goulding's Halcyon. Halcyon. Well, how do I say that word? Halis- Halcy- Halcyon. Halcyon. Goodness me, I'm terrible. I'm like those people who say Pacific instead of specific. Um, and also Nervo, of course, who we've mentioned before, uh, most notably for Rachel Stevens' Negotiate with Love. Ah, lovely. Wonderful Mm. track. Wonderful. It really is. Uh, And Pete Hammond, just to circle back on him, he was a former employee of PWL Records uh, in remixing. Uh, And he has been attempting recently or over the last decade to emulate some of that previous work that he did. Um, And this particular remix took him about two weeks. Oh. And that's interesting because I'd never know, like, to do a remix like a good remix, because there's some remixes you think, what, what, what on earth was that uh, noise? Uh, but I just wonder how long it takes to do a remix of decent quality. Yeah, likewise, I've never actually thought about it before. And obviously, I've never tried to do a remix before. Although I think one day in the future, maybe, you know, in the distant future, in a year or two, you'll see a track-by-track remix on some of our favourites. So let's move on to track number four. Will, we're going into album track territory and this is such a good one. This is Closer. That was Closer, track four, a first album track. And uh, I have to say, not hating that by at all, really. 
I I absolutely love it. I think and this is a quite a bold claim. I think it might be one of my favorite Kylie songs ever. Certainly certainly top ten I'd say. There's just it's mesmerizing. And this is the whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. One of your favorite Kylie songs ever. Yeah, it, uh, honestly, it just um it, it takes me away, this one, Will. This is the one. When we was in the tweet along, this is the one that, uh, when we listened to the live version that I thought, why have I not listened to Aphrodite? It's it's like just the, the whole sounds that are coming through are incredible. And it's a sort of harpsichord. Is it, is, it a, is it? I don't know. I'm not an expert, as I often say. But is it a harpsichord or something very stringy? Uh, <laughs> oh, I sounded dead common then. You did, and not for the first time. Like um, uh, Linda LaPlante. Which one's she again? Oh, Linda LaHughes, sorry. <laughs> All right, ginger-headed bitch! So, yeah, this is a harpsichord. Yes, let's jump back. And when I was listening to this in the research of the album, my other half, of course, former guest of the podcast, Ashley, said it sounds Halloween-y because of the harpsichord, which I didn't really pick up on that before. Oh, it is very, very haunting in some ways, isn't it? I can see that, yeah. And I imagine it was that added to the dramatics of this being performed live. I think as well, it's a very different sound to a lot of the tracks on the rest of the album. So this one was written by uh, Stuart Price and with the help of Beatrice Hatherley. Now, Beatrice Hatherley is not a name that we've mentioned on the podcast before, but arguably we should have done because there's not... I did a bit of research on Beatrice. There's not a lot of um, credits to her name. I'm sure she won't mind me saying that. But you know the song... Guilt is a Useless Emotion by New Order. Yes. It's Beatrice doing the female vocal on that. Just the wonderfully interconnected world of pop music. Pap music. And track by track. And track by track, yes. Uh, which I thought was a there. wonderful fact, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will love that as well. So, But um, yeah, I'm not quite sure of the connection between Stuart and Beatrice, because obviously Stuart produced that track for New Order. So I need to do a bit of more research. Perhaps I need... Uh, Linda LaPlante. But did she do some detective work or am I mixing her up with someone else? She was a uh, like a crime writer. Mm. Did she do... Um, what was the one with Helen Mirren in? Prime Suspect. It rings a bell. Mm. Not that I used to watch it. My grandma used to watch it. It was, it was more her uh, cup of tea. She likes a murder mystery. Uh, Midsummer. Mm. Oh, she loves Midsummer Murders. So, track number five now... And uh, this is a lovely sentiment in the in the song title, but absolute bollocks in real life. <laughs> uh, this is everything is beautiful. I think that's my favourite intro of yours ever. So I must apologise for my very cynical introduction to this track, but um, everything isn't beautiful. Have you ever seen a uh, pit bull? They're beautiful, especially as puppies. Oh, no. And puppies are lovely. And so are older dogs as well, but not pit bulls. Well, apparently not. Or was you talking about the rapper pit bull? No, no, no. He is beautiful. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Um, but that this song is beautiful, and I love the soft style it has. But then there's a kind of marching, uh, a gentle marching beat all the way through, 
Uh, and then it just soars a bit as it gets to the chorus. Really nice. It definitely soars. It reminds me, actually, this, this one fits perfectly on the album, but it really reminds me of some of Kylie's really early ballads. Some of the, re- you know, the, the Stock Aitken Wal- Waterman, um, quite sugary ballads. So this one, another new team on the album. This one was written by Tim Rice Oxley of Keen fame, who also worked on the wonderful Gwen Stefani ballad, Early Winter. You found that one, Will? Early Winter, we've talked about this, I'm, I'm sure, but Early Winter is one of my favourite Gwen Stefani songs. So it's, it's Tim Rice Oxley, and it's also Fraser T. Smith, who has just worked on everything from Rui De Silva's Touch Me, which... Oh, great, great dance oh, track. What a banger. So that's when he was uh, a And if we're lucky... Musician. No, oh, no. Uh, we haven't got time. over there. <laughs> we'll do the Rui De Silva album one day. <laughs> there, was, there was no album. There was no, was there? no probably not. I, I love that song. Um, he also has worked on Adele, things like Set Fire to the Rain, uh, also Storms' debut album, Gang Signs and Prayer, but most recently produced the Live Lounge All-Stars cover of Times Like These. Track six now, uh, title track from the album. This is Aphrodite. I got soul, you can check. Aphrodite there. What an anthem. Such an anthem and another just fantastic album track. Tell me if I'm gushing too much about this album, Will. Well, I well, I got the wet floor sign out at track one, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, all, I'm a, it's all downhill from here, like a water slide. I'm a, I'm a fully fledged member of that wet knicker brigade that you love to talk about. <laughs> that I mentioned once about a year ago, yes. No, but this is a huge song. I think whenever it's played live, everybody is singing along to this. It feels like it taps into a real core of her fan base for kind of how they feel empowered by it um, and how they connect with Kylie from it as well. Definitely. Yeah, that, um, that empowerment just shines through this song. And I think that's why this was the opening track, wasn't it, to the Aphrodite Le Folie uh, tour that we discussed. And... You know, even though it's the title track and it seems quite obvious as an opener, some artists wouldn't risk that. They would do uh, a, a hit single from the new album or an old hit single to kick off the show. But Kylie did this one and it just, I think probably that in turn cemented it as as such an anth- as such a Kylie anthem. And Stuart Price likened it to Janet Jackson uh, for sounding a bit like Rhythm Nation, um, which I don't altogether see, but I understand the kind of, the pace and the tempo of it and the the relentlessness of it. Definitely. And also the fact that for me, this song, I was so brought into it from the verse that, you know, sometimes you're kind of waiting for the chorus for that, for that next step of the song. And for this, it wasn't like that because the verse was so, so strong that this chorus was like a second sucker punch. It was just so good. Um, And then you've got those kind of chiming uh, keys in there as well. It's just phenomenal. And writers, a husband and wife duo on this one. You've got Narina Pallet and Andy Chatterley. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Narina, in her own right, is a very successful um, Ivan Novello-nominated singer-songwriter. And Andy has produced and remixed for the likes of Blondie, Justice, Tears for Fears, Express 2, dot, dot, dot. Um, and together they've just created this, you know, it, it wouldn't have worked for Narina, I don't think, as a, one of her own tracks, but it's a phenomenal Kylie track. It's so Kylie, it's unbelievable. And we will be hearing from these two again later in the album. We'll see them later. <laughs> track number seven now, and this is Illusion. That is Illusion. And this one is the first time on the album, but not the last time, when this is a pure Kylie Minogue and Stuart Price collaboration, um, which I think is lovely to hear. And it's always lovely when you know that Kylie's had a hand in writing the song as well. Kylie and Price. Uh, what a dynamic duo, crime-fighting duo. Uh, Linda LaPlante should write a series for them. Absolutely. I would watch that. I would subscribe to that. Uh, Stuart Price would have all the tech and all the know-how uh, and Kylie would use her womanly wiles to uh, get to the bottom of the case yes I'm literally imagining the the opening to this sitcom uh, it's not sitcom stuff sitcom it's a very serious no it's very serious drama very serious but what a fantastic song as well uh, it's a quite it's a bit of a is it a sad banger is it a bit it's a bit more downbeat yeah, maybe your to quote your favourite word, melancholy. A little bit of melancholy in there. Melancholy in there, yes. Um, but I love that. Do, 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 do. It feels like at first I had to check to see if it was a, a sample from like a 90s dance anthem or something like that. And I don't think it is. And I think that's actually that's even more impressive when you think something is so uh, recognisable that you think, oh, I must have heard this before. And actually, no, it's just uh, a fantastic... Uh, uh, What's one melody in a track? Moving on, moving on. Track number eight now. Uh, Better than today. Dan, one of the things I love about our remote recordings is uh, because we're not next to each other, it's it's harder to tell what we truly think about a song because uh, we're not always looking at the camera. But with this one, we were both moving and grooving around while the song was playing. So I was left in no doubt about how strongly you felt. I completely forgot you couldn't see me. <laughs> I mean, you, you could see me, sorry, because I couldn't see you. Yeah, um, I, It's such a good song. And... I completely forgot it existed until we did the tweet along. God knows how, because this, this was a real favourite single of mine from the album, but just hadn't heard, I hadn't played it for a, a while. And also, you know, it's not the kind of song that you hear on the radio or see on the TV from Kylie, because 
as huge as her back catalogue is, you know, this is one of the ones that you don't hear so often. Uh, but it's great. What a fun song. It's so fun. I, I thought of you, Will, when I listened to it again, and I thought you'd love it because, obviously, you said before, you're a bit of a listophile, and it's a bit of a list uh, element to this chorus, isn't there? Yeah, you've got to feel it, see it, know how much you need it, use it, lose it, uh, know the chance to do it, swing it, shake it, move it, make it. <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew I wasn't going to slip that one past you, but I know what you mean. Um, it's just, it's a really optimistic song um, that would be great to listen to um, as you're getting ready for the day or at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's amazing because I think in this album, it's a little bit of a breather, but at the same time, it's a real bop as well. And I do like, obviously, I don't know if we'll ever find anything profound in the lyrics to a Kylie track. And maybe we will one day. But the lyric, what's the point in worrying about being cool when there's a million things to learn they never teach you in school? Again, that's a wonderfully positive message to send out. Well, that's why you had it framed and printed, didn't it? Didn't you? Above your bed. Yeah, actually, I had it stenciled onto the, on directly onto the wall. Oh, it looks lovely. It's quite difficult to read over the leopard print wallpaper, but you can you can make it just out. about make it out. And to quote Linda Barker on on changing rooms, I think it really really works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and similarly to uh, changing rooms, you have got a lot of MDF in that bedroom. And I did have a massive collection of porcelain teapots. <laughs> uh, past tense sadly um so this song back to better than today this is another uh, palette and chatterley co-write and i think with this one more than aphrodite you can kind of tell because of the there's a bit more strum to the guitar and the verses you can kind of feel that this maybe could have started out as a, an arena palette track also several things i've read about this all say it's very feels like it's got some roots in country music as well i think again with some of the guitar work Perhaps this started Kylie's obsession that ended with the uh, golden period. Track number nine now, and this is not a cover of the Spice Girls song. Uh, oh. This is too much. Not for me then. So we've gone from the disco to a bit more of a rave up. Definitely. And this one, it comes in with such a, you know, the laser-like synths are just straight in there. There's no messing around with this song. No, no messing around at all. And it's like that, it's like a gravelly, lasery synth start. And then it gets a bit more um, uh, atmospheric, anthemic as well. Uh, but fantastic uh, people behind this track, Dan. Pray tell. Well, you've got none other than Calvin Harris and Jake Shears, for goodness sake. I mean, that is the best of track by track of the last few weeks, isn't it? So hang on. So let's just do a bit of a tot up here. So we've had Stuart Price, Nervo, uh, Pete Hammond, Steve Anderson, Calvin Harris, Jake Shears, Kylie, obviously. Am I missing anyone else? Well, potentially, because there's so much on here. But it is, it is like that whole time capsule thing that Stuart Price talked about. It's as if... He knew we were going to dig it up this week and talk about it after celebrating and talking about so many of these artists. And I have to say as well, Dan, um, 
still to come, we've got another huge uh, track by track favourite. Two, in fact, no, three, in fact. Plus, also in the further listening, we will be talking about Xenomania. Uh, but we won't get to talk about all the Xenomania tracks that were contributed towards this period. Uh, so I'm going to throw one in now. Okay. Uh, so let's, if we're lucky for this one, too, uh, a bonus track that was on uh, Expanded Edition, um, which we're not covering today, but this is written amongst other people by Miranda Cooper and Brian Higgins and produced by Xenomania. This is Mighty Rivers. So, yeah, on top of all the other artists and producers, Xenomania were also involved. Uh, didn't have anything make into the final standard edition of the album, but a couple of really good bonus tracks. This is one of them. And I've been reading up about this track online. A lot of love for it in the fandom, but also a lot of comparisons to Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Um, must just point out to all those people that this song is 10 years old. Mm. It is great. I just can't believe that. I mean, maybe it's it's just because the album is is so strong or maybe just Xenomania didn't quite fit the the kind of Stuart Price's vision because they are very different but the fact that there was these two Xenomania tracks that didn't make it onto the album is huge in itself but it's an amazing song I, I, I kind of agree that it doesn't fit the like kind of quite ethereal sound of the album but it's a great electro gem it's, it's kind of it's got a bit of call the shots this one to me it's, it's wonderful. It's got some quintessential Xenomania uh, hallmarks in there uh, with the kind of beats and the synth and the and the guitar work in there. But again, Kylie really makes that her own. Yeah. And is this the first time she'd worked with Xenomania? No, because we had Made of Glass, uh, Giving You Up, and um, a couple of unreleased tracks as well, which date back to uh, a while before. Yes, you're quite right. I forgot about those. And of course, she wasn't the first Minogue to work with Xenomania, was she? Or certainly not Brian Higgins. And she won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Uh, and Dan, this track 10, this is your nickname for the boy at the chip shop. Cupid boy. So, track 10 there, Cupid Boy. I'm very conscious, Will, that you've not had a second to talk about the album artwork yet, and I hope it's not going to happen now. Uh, it's absolutely not going to happen now. Uh, in particular, in that song, again, I'm in danger of uh, kind of adding to the flood situation we've got in our <laughs> basement today, a track by Track Towers. But uh, I love the synth, synthetic or synthy breakdown <laughs> just before the chorus kicks in as well. I think it's a great way into the chorus. 
Uh, but I love how this is, while the album really hangs together well as a re- as a record, things like this uh, and uh, Closer sound really unique as well. Yeah, and I imagine this, like Closer, is one of the ones that really came to life live as well. And again, it's another whole different lineup of people behind this track. So we've got Sebastian Ingrosso of Swedish House Mafia fame. Where have they gone, by the way? Will they did they just did they split up or did they just disappear? I'm not sure. Answer on a postcard, please. P.O. Box, Leamington Spa. <laughs> Can I just mention something as well? Another pop connection. Yeah. So Sebastian uh, has a cousin that you might know of. Uh, his cousin is Benjamin Ingrosso. Uh, who is a Swedish pop star and son of legendary singer Pernilla Wahlgren. Uh, so he's from, uh, they're all from a very musical family. How lovely. I don't know either of their names, but consider that homework for me after this episode. He uh, was in Eurovision a couple of years ago when it was in Lisbon in Portugal with Dance You Off. Oh, And there was a lot of chat at the time about the fact that, although it was a very slick performance, um, and a great a great pop record. Uh, it kind of felt like he thought he had it in the bag. Hmm. No one likes uh, an arrogant so-and-so. No. Um, so as well as Sebastian on this one, you've also got Magnus Leadhall, uh, who this was one of his first songs that he worked on, but then he went on to work with the likes of Britney and Madonna. So kind of ticking off all of those princesses and queens of pop. And also Luciana or Luciana, uh, who has collaborated with Body Rocks and Teo Cruz. I remember the, that Body Rocks track that she was singing on as well. Um, I can't remember what it was called, though. Homework homework galore on this one. It's homeschooling. And if down. you don't do it, come and stay behind after class. <laughs> with Mr. Warren. Sounds uh, quite a CD. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it is a great song. Again, actually, I meant to say with too much before this, there are such huge names behind these two tracks and they are absolutely fantastic tracks. And you would just think, I think if you read who was behind these songs, you would think, well, surely they're going to be singles and surely they're going to be huge singles. But I don't think they would have worked as singles at all. I think they are fantastic album tracks. Track number 11 now. Um, this is episode two of the Minone Price double act crime fighting duo. And in this week's episode, they are looking for an angel. looking for an angel i think it's a nice companion track to all the lovers in terms of style uh, and tone yeah definitely it's definitely much more it's still very electronic but much more stripped back isn't it and quite in fact quite compared to a lot of the songs in this album quite simplistic but in a really nice way in a way that's needed on the album such a sweet chorus as well she always does a brilliant chorus she, yeah, yeah, there's very, very few Kylie tracks on there without a great chorus. Uh, and it's another one that was performed live on the on the tour, which I'm sure was a 
uh, a phenomenal piece of the set. And she also covered, if I'm not mistaken, Eurythmics' There Must Be an Angel. Ah, oh, what a classic song. And if we're lucky, uh, there's no time to do that. Listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but do go and listen to the whole Aphrodite Les Folly album live because it's amazing. I was just um, I was checking out some reviews of this album, Dan, and um, really positive reviews. Um, so I get I, if I had to summarise, it was a kind of eight out of ten in total. Um, and there were some real fans, um, including Nick Levine from Digital Spy. Oh, friend of the podcast. Uh, who said that while it isn't deep, it sure isn't dumb either. Enemy uh, were also very complimentary about the Minone Price relationship. So they'll be tuning into that uh, TV series. Uh, <laughs> and also, um, but on the other hand, uh, the New York Times thought it was very similar to similar to Madonna. Well, of course, because this came not long after that Stuart Price had worked with Madonna on Confessions on a Dance Floor. But I think they're very different. Exactly. What are they talking about? Mumbo Jumbo. But definitely lots of recognition for the production of this album. So well done, Stuart Price. Well done, Stuart. And it's worth pointing out, of course, that the album that came before this was X. And I think there's some great stuff on there, but it isn't particularly highly regarded as a Kylie album. It isn't really seen as a a cohesive thing. So I think this, this... People enjoyed this a lot more, particularly the reviewers. And it probably is that, again, that Stuart Price executive producer role that did that. So, Will, we are on to the last track of the album now. Uh, And this is Can't Beat the Feeling. So that was Can't Beat the Feeling. And well, Dan, I've made it through the whole episode without wanting to talk about the album artwork. You know, there are very few albums in our... We've done almost 100 albums proper on Track by Track now. And there are very few where you've made it all the way to the end without having a chance to talk about the album artwork. So well done, Kylie and Stuart, once again. Uh, We should have some kind of Track by Track Hall of Fame uh, for those albums. Yeah, would you mind going through them though and just listen to the ones? <laughs> I was I, just thinking I can't busy. remember which one. I can't remember the other ones. Um, but let's briefly talk about the artwork before we uh, talk about the track. Um, and for me, the artwork really suits the tone and style of the album. It's, I guess, it's uh, Kylie is a either in uh, ancient Greece or somewhere in the heavens. She is on the cover. She is Aphrodite. She's got a beautiful blue dress. Uh, and if you give me a minute, Dan, I'll have a look and see who uh, uh, made the dress. Uh, it, was Jean- it was Jean-Paul Gaultier. And it's such a, you'd call that a hero shot because the camera is pointing upwards towards Kylie. She's got her arms outstretched. She is Aphrodite. She is the queen of pop. I can't argue with that, Will. And what I love about this song is, well, first of all, again, we've not petered out. That's, you know, we've, we've not petered out once this year, which is amazing. But this song, we've had so many friends of the podcast on this album. 
and this track just brings even more to the party. So we've got Richard X, Hannah Robinson, and Pascal Gabriel all featuring on the making of this record. And they're all just on one track. On other albums, they would be spread amongst tracks. But obviously, Hannah and Richard X work very closely together on uh, uh, across a number of different artists. Uh, they've got a very good collaborative relationship. Uh, and Hannah, I know from previous tweets and tweet alongs, is very keen to get back Rachel Stevens to work with them again. Uh, and maybe this already happened, and maybe it's going to happen. Uh, and obviously, where do we even begin talking about Pascal Gabriel? Oh, and, and uh, this is the thing. I just... The caliber of people working on this album uh, is mind-blowing. And, the, and also the fact that they left this song to the end. Well, that's the that's the sign of a, an amazing album, isn't it? When you leave one of the biggest bangers and the best team behind it to the last song. And I would say at 12 tracks, uh, this is the second optimum length of an album next to 10 tracks. I'd, I'd completely agree with you there. And I'm glad this isn't a 10-track album because I wouldn't want to miss any of these songs. But we've still got more to talk about. Yes, it is further listening time. And, you know, because we we know we want to go back at some point and do all the Kylie albums, we just wanted to keep our further listening to this era. Uh, And luckily, there were lots of remixes and some B-sides and lots of bonus tracks as well on Japanese versions and iTunes versions and all sorts of other things. Uh, So, Will, what have you got? I uh, referenced earlier, actually, uh, the Xenomania tracks that were co- uh, contributed towards this album campaign. Uh, so this is the second one. Um, this is Heartstrings. Nothing Xenomania do better than a mid-tempo banger. And this is the perfect example of that. Uh, and it really picks up halfway through as well, um, just to be a little bit beyond just mid-tempo. Um, and it's got a really infectious uh, guitar riff and bass line running through it as well. Um, and it once, once again, a great chorus. It's Yeah, it's definitely one of, the, one of Xenomania's more strummy numbers. And I did say to you to be... Very honest, I just say to you before recording started, I, I did prefer Mighty Rivers of these two tracks. But, you know, how can you not like it when it's Kylie and Xenomania together? And we've said this many times before with other artists that have worked with the likes of Xenomania or Richard X or Stuart Price. But if these are the tracks that have made it to publication... I wonder what was on the on the cutting room floor that didn't make it because I'm sure uh, Kylie did many many sessions of recording with Xenomania with Stuart Price uh, etc to get to these songs so always I'd always love to find out mm. and one day will I think we will find out so Dan what have you gone for so I have gone for a B-side to the Put Your Hands Up single as you said before this was single number 4 so probably needed to put a new track on there to get a uh, to get a few more sales in. I'm sure she won't, Kylie won't mind me saying that. Um, so this is Silence. Silence. 
Do you know, Dan, I love how that track totally fits in with the Aphrodite sound of the album. Yes, 100% agree. And it makes perfect sense because this is another Kylie and Stuart or uh, Minogue and Price, as they might be called on the Crime Fighting Duo series. This is another collaboration of those two writing, as well as Chris Bruce and Henry Samuel, who I haven't got a lot of detail on what else they've done with, I'm afraid to say. But let's talk about Stuart and Kylie because this song is amazing. Um, and I think this one, something about it, I think it's the uh, a little bit of the the bass, which is a little bit Joy Division-y, and the piano, which is a little bit Hacienda-y. I got a little bit of kind of Manchester vibes on this one. <laughs> you get Manchester vibes from most albums we talk about at some point or another. Were you <laughs> ever secretly born in Manchester? Well, I'm not too far away, I suppose. Well, Sheffield, is that? that's not too far away, is it? Uh, maybe you were conceived there. Well, who knows? I would imagine it's probably uh, behind the back of a McDonald's. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> we're out of time. Oh. And we've probably gone over time as well, Will, haven't we? But we, listeners, this is probably an extended episode, but with good reason. What an album and what a, a, a line upon it as well. And what a great conversation we've had today about it. Made yeah. a lovely change. <laughs> and I did say to you when one of the songs was playing, I did say... I'm really having a good time today, as if normally it's a real chore. <laughs> uh, and absolutely not. This is it's not a chore. And do vote for us in the National Podcast Awards yeah. because we do love what we do. Um, we're not just going through the motions. But I think we could have cut out some of the extra tracks we put in, but we just wanted to squeeze in everything that we thought you would enjoy hearing about and the music you'd enjoy listening to. So we hope you have yeah. enjoyed it. And do go out, do listen and do some further listening of your own because there's so many great remixes. There are a couple more B-sides we didn't get to talk about. Uh, there's the whole Aphrodite Le Folly live album, which is amazing. So just celebrate Kylie and this Aphrodite period on today, which is the 10th anniversary of the release. Do give us your thoughts uh, at Chat by Chat UK, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. Um, if, if you do, use Facebook still. Uh, and also stay tuned for Saturday. Yes, because now, as well as the episode proper on Tuesday, we have our new music drop where we're celebrating new music every single Saturday. So tune in Saturday morning to hear what we've got to share that's new and wonderful in the world of pop music. And do let us know at Track by Track UK if you have any great recommendations of new music we should be listening to. And if you've got a spare couple of minutes and you enjoy the podcast, do give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It is what Kylie would want on Today of All Days. So until next time... Oh, do you want a hint of a tease? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> so much to get in at the end now. I know. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Yes, absolutely. So a friend of the podcast, this is the second studio album from a Welsh, uh, Welsh-born, New York-living DIY pop star. He's got a new album coming out this year, but we're going to talk about something older. Oh, intriguing. Mm. Uh, well, do join us next week to find out who we're going to be talking about. Uh, but until then, I've been Stuart Price. And I've been Carly Minogue. Goodbye. Goodbye. I was just looking up the lyrics to Touch Me by Rue de Silva. Mm. Um, 
And I have to say, I know why you like it so much. I think it's because it's how you like to live your life, isn't it? Because it goes, touch me in the morning and last thing at night. Keep my body warm, baby. You know it feels right. Uh, take it a little higher. I'm talking into, tell, taking it to, tell me what you're feeling. I'll feel it with you. You probably have that on your gravestone. <laughs> I've got it on a, a lovely canvas in my living room. <laughs> 